Welcome to The Joe Cohen Show. Join me as I share my experience with biohacking and invite top health experts to explore the latest technology, supplements, research, and resources for optimizing your body and brain. Okay, so the first thing I like to do when I open up somebody's account, this is just so everybody knows I'm in Brianna's account and we wanted to go through her results and kind of get to see how, you know, I, I've I've done my own results. I've showed my results, but I want to show people how they could see other results. And, and through that, we could also gain some interesting information. So the first thing I like to do is go through the risks and that could kind of highlight some important things. And the first thing is ALT. So when we actually look at, it says higher levels of ALT. This is a liver enzyme. And when we look up your ALT levels, we see that you are on the higher end here. Right? Yep. Uh, so that's quite interesting. I mean, it doesn't, it, there's still a range, right? Over here, you're 31. Over here, you're 47. If we look at my results, it's going to be in the normal range. I don't have elevated, I don't think I have elevated ALT in my genetics in, in, as a predisposition, but you could see that there's even, even though you're, you have a predisposition for elevated alanine aminotransferase, ALT, there's still a gap quite, there could be quite a big gap in, in your baseline levels and there could be some reasons why it's elevated. Why do you think it got elevated more? I, I eat more protein, okay. but the, this is why I keep an eye on the GGT for myself and mine's always super low. Okay. That's, that's actually more important. And, and this is kind of why it helps to look at multiple labs for a, a, a given topic because you could see, but this really helps you tease out that you have a predisposition for higher levels of ALT here, which is quite interesting, right? You probably yeah. always saw your levels were on the yeah, higher end. always been high. So let's go through some of your results here. I mean, you ever, you ever had a knee injury? No, my knees do get inflamed when I'm getting a little chunky. Okay. That's, that's when I know I'm holding too much weight. Okay. My knees hurt. Right, because it says you have, you're more likely to have a knee injury here. But this is going to be obviously heavily dependent on, you know, things that put a lot of pressure on the knees. So yeah, even if it's more likely, good. yeah. It, so it seems like it only comes out. Do you do jogging? No, not anymore. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's probably not your sport given this predisposition here. It says higher levels of prolactin. So something interesting now is that I, I made a lot of milk, like when I was breastfeeding my son. And so that was really neat. Like I could run a pretty steep deficit. I lost 50 pounds within like four months. And I still, my milk supply did not drop at all. And I think it was because I have a high predisposition for hyperlactin regardless. That's interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and by the way, this is why I, I like going through your results because you have these labs. Like if I went through a lot of people's labs or, you know, you kind of also put pressure on your body in different ways and, you you know, you, you, you're more in tune with your body. Like most people wouldn't think about that, that, you know, prolactin stimulates breast milk production and they probably have higher, you know, they, they were producing more breast milk, things like that. So that, that's really interesting. The fatty liver, I'm not even going to ask you about because this is going to have to do with your diet. So Given your diet, even if you're high risk, you're not going to have it. End of story. 
Right. So, I mean, have you ever done an ultrasound test at a curiosity? Yes, I have. So with my, with my cancer, I had CAT scan, liver ultrasounds and everything. So everything yeah. looks good. Yeah, I didn't think so. That's why I, I didn't even care to ask because this is one of those things that is extremely lifestyle-based, which is very important to know because some of these genetic predispositions, even if you have a genetic predisposition, like I had a genetic predisposition for high blood pressure, and one time I checked my blood pressure, it was high. But given my current diet and lifestyle, it's pretty much impossible. Right. It's just not possible no matter what your genetic predisposition is. Yeah, so this I, I'm is predisposed yeah. to high blood pressure as well, and it's always low. Right. It, it's not going to be relevant. Some fatty liver, visceral fat, blood pressure. So I'm looking at the fatty liver one. You have the 96th percentile. But even though you're in such a high percentile, it's just you're not going to have fatty liver if you eat the no. kind of diet and you take all the supplements that you do. It's just not no, happening. My brother you... and sister both have been diagnosed with fatty liver. Ah, uh, okay. So you have me. those... <laughs> Right. You've got those genes because nobody in my family's got fatty liver. And, yeah. you know, there, there's some people who don't eat healthy at all. So it's definitely like, you know, you can have the genes to not get it, but it seems like you've got a family history of that. And, yeah, and you also definitely. have a genetic predisposition, but it's not going to come out. Anxiety, more likely. <laughs> yes, I'm a very A type person. Okay. Increased need for vitamin B6. This is an interesting one. What What do you find? I, I do supplement with that. And have you found that you have an increased need or you're not sure? Sometimes it's hard I, to tease I, out. I'm not sure. So when I was pregnant, one of the one of the things that helps morning sickness is B6. And so I, I took that and it got rid of my morning sickness completely. And you took it in isolation or in combination with other bees? I take it in isolation. I, I dose most of okay. my bees singularly. That means that you do have an increased need, I would say, because, yep. you know, sometimes if you have an increased need, it could be in response to some kind of stressor on the body. Or, or that's only when you notice a problem that's significant enough that you say, hey, there's a problem here, right? And so you take the supplement and you see, oh, it fixed the problem. But... You know, so I would say that, that that that's probably a pretty good one. More likely low mood. I have this one as well, by the way. Yeah, so that is my entire workspace. I do eating psychology, right? And right. the reason why we usually go into these things is to fix ourselves, right? Right, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Interesting. Uh, and this is why, like, 5-HTP, like we talked about last time, it's so like paramount for my mental health. Oh, for sure. I'm looking at the you. You have an even higher percentile than me, ninety fourth percentile. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a lot of recommendations here. It's you. It's definitely fixable. Let's see. You got the COMT gene here. I got that one also. Interesting. You got a DRD two receptor gene. I think I have that one too. You have similar genes in in a lot of ways, at least. Um. Oh, you've got this TPHT, TPH2 gene. That's If you have a predisposition for low mood and you have that gene, that means that uh, you're going to do, you're likely to do well with 5-HTP, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't get the same effect from even a high protein diet. Okay. I'm sure you follow a lot of the recommendations here besides that, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Higher red blood cells. Are your red blood cells higher? A little bit. 
Okay. Not, I'm not too yeah. concerned about that. Right. No, it's not a concern, generally speaking. It seems like it fluctuates a lot, though. That probably means... So this is one of those cases where you probably have a predisposition for higher, but if you are lacking iron on any level or, or some other factor, you could just dip down a lot. And, and do you have a predisposition for like being deficient in iron? I used to, but I fixed that okay. a couple of years ago and I, I know how to manage it. Right. So if your RBC dips you're at, at any point, you're probably going to want to check your iron levels. Even if it's in the normal range, right? Yeah, Let's I keep see. an eye on my iron pretty tight. More likely indigestion. Yeah, so that's the gut problems. Yeah, so I I had a lot of indigestion growing up when I was on the standard American diet. Mm. Um, okay. I, ha I don't really experience that now. For sure. Because my diet. Right, this is based on, they are doing studies based on people with, you know, average diets, not your yeah. diet. So. I've a lot of my predispositions also are not relevant, right? Like my low mood is not relevant anymore because obviously I'm doing a bunch of stuff there. Pretty much all my risks are not relevant anymore. And that's kind of the key point because it's you you have a genetic predisposition, but then there's recommendations in each one of them and how to prevent or you know get rid of the issue. Gout. Yeah, so more my likely. grandfather had a leg removed from gout. So, oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, okay. Was, he didn't manage it, but I definitely wow. have a okay. family history of that. <laughs> okay. That's 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 interesting too cuz sometimes I see I'm more likely for something that I don't have either because I'm too young or I'm too healthy, but I'm like, yeah, my mom or my grandmother had that, so kind of makes sense. Artery hardening. Ooh, this is this is a really important one, atherosclerosis. Because 50% of death in the Western world has to do with atherosclerosis. I've told the team to, we should like make that report more front and center because like that report on its own is, yeah, is worth, you know, hundreds or even thousands of dollars because it's like a quality model. And also it's, you know, it, it could tell you if you're at risk for cardiovascular issues. This one is 91st percentile. So that's something you want to look into. Yeah, I definitely um, keep a good eye on. Right. And so you could keep an eye on your cardiovascular markers. You could see your next steps here. It says like what labs are related to it. Your triglycerides are higher. You want to get that down. You yep. still have some room to get your LDL down, even though it's not bad. Yeah. And so your VLDL. I, this was before I started niacin. So I'm hoping that mm. I just ran labs last week. So I'll see. Okay. And then you could see you could add in other markers as well, like blood pressure, ApoB, LDL size, particle number, lipoprotein A, homocysteine. Yeah, I usually test too. Yeah. So if you uploaded it, then it, you'll see like all the ones that are optimal, what's suboptimal, and you can get more information. But the VLDL seems like it come, could come down as well, which is worse than the LDL actually, but in any case. Let's move on. Increased need for chromium. Interesting. I yeah, sometimes it's always low yeah. on my micronutrient test, so I supplement that. Interesting. More likely restless legs. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
You, sh- you shake your legs so a lot. Bad. Well, that was so bad when I was pregnant. Like I couldn't sleep. Okay. I also got higher risk for more likely to have restless legs, and I shake my legs all the time. It it was worse when I had inflammation because like your nervous system yep. is is also. And magnesium really helps mine. Probably the restless legs. System. Yeah. Right, for sure. IL-17, this is an interesting one because this is what is elevated in autoimmune issues and MS, and you had that history of MS. Yep. So that's very interesting. Let's go back. And, and it's not something you can really test in your blood, but no. given... Oh, wow. It's, it's based on 13,000 genetic markers. High levels of hematocrit. Is that higher, hematocrit? Remember. On... Yeah, it is. It is. You can see it's higher. Love. It's very interesting. <laughs> you see yeah. your genetic predisposition. You're like, oh, Pretty higher blood. <laughs> yeah, high blood sugar is is not necessarily going to show up given your diet. But if you ate a shitty diet, you it would show. So up. I yeah, I wore continuous glucose monitors several times, right. and so that's why my diet is like dialed in the way it is. I right. tolerate the same stuff that Alex does. Like I could never sit down and eat a bowl of rice. And- <laughs> Like right, for fine. sure. Higher levels of homocysteine, probably not relevant because you're taking B yeah. vitamins. I don't right? Think I entered this one. Oh, you didn't? What is it normally? I think it was like a 5.5 last time. Okay, but you're taking B I vitamins though, right? Yep, yep. It's always, yeah. it's always fine. If you're taking B vitamins, this becomes not very relevant. Psychological trauma, more likely. This is how you, this is one of your things right yep Yep. so i I focus on overcoming that a lot in my writing and my blogging just because i've been through a lot and i I think it's interesting like what what do they base that on psychological trauma i mean it, it it probably let's see what the how many variants they look at but they're looking at a lot of variants you're not really going to be able to figure that out 85th percentile, 443,000 variants. We use very sophisticated models to calculate this. So I don't... Yeah, I definitely, I developed PTSD after a near-death experience in my 20s. Wow. But I I overcame that, so I, I'm fine now. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, did you did you mention that you use psychedelics or you, you were just looking yep. into it? I microdose psilocybin, and then I'm part of okay. the maps. I'm going, I'm doing psychotherapy. You're part of that study. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Is that the, which study is that? They're using psilocybin or? MDMA. Oh, so you're, did you already start the study? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. How I long have, have you been doing it for? I think a month and a half. And then I have my next session at the end of this month. Oh, that's really cool. I, I would like to talk about that a bit. <laughs> like how many what how many milligrams of MDMA do you take? I, I'm not sure what he's going to dose this next time. I, I'm more familiar with the psilocybin because I have control of that. So but how many times have you that. taken MDMA? Once. And so this will be my and I don't So I you've don't. taken Go ahead. Okay. So you've You've taken MDMA just once and you do it in the context of psychotherapy. Psychotherapy, yep. I've never done it recreationally. 
And how many sessions of psychotherapy do you have per dose of MDMA? Well, you have beginning sessions like where you talk to them. That's usually three. And then the session where you actually go in and do the MDMA. And then three integration sessions post per session. Like, And so they recommend three, but we'll see. That's so interesting. Let's see. Yeah, MAPS trial. Second, so. MDMA. Let's see. Statistically yeah, significant. I, I, I want to see what the dosage is for that because that's very interesting. Yeah, I can so initial doses were 80 milligrams or 120 milligrams, followed 1.5 to 2 hours later by supplemental half dose. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So it's going for, they probably have the good stuff too. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> you get it. How did you feel when you're on MDMA? Like, what were you, how did you feel? It's just heart opening. I, I feel a little speedy, too, like I'm on an amphetamine. Okay. So I thought that was interesting. That's completely different than psilocybin for me. Did it get rid of the trauma? So I, I'm working on, I, I don't experience traumatic, like, flashbacks or anything anymore, but I'm very closed off. Like, I, I do not have emotions, and I refer to myself as a robot often. I, I'm not like most women, and so I'm trying to open my heart more. And do you think that's what addressing the trauma from my childhood would do? Do you think that you're just predisposed to being more analytical, less emotional? Yes. So I don't know if it's okay. nature or nurture. And so okay. I, I've often like asked people about that too. I'm like, how do I know it was like trauma in my childhood and not just wiring? Like I'm just wired right. like. For because, sure. Yeah. Who knows? I, I'm yeah, I mean, doing it to see. I do think that being optimal, like, would be addressing the psychological trauma. If there is any, I'm doing it as an experiment, really. Let's okay. See. Do you feel like there's, do you, do you feel like the trauma affects your daily life right now? Like, no. Day to day? No. No. My personality, maybe. <laughs> but I when you got into like, the trial, when you got into the trial, did you feel like the trauma was affecting your daily life in any way? No. Okay. So, so you're just like, I, I want to see what happens with this thing. Yeah. And so when I when I tell people, like, my story, they're always shocked because I, I've been through some real, like, crazy shit. Um, mm -hmm. And they're always, like, shocked. And they're like, I want to fix you. And I'm like, I don't really feel like I need to be fixed, but we can try it. They yeah, I once went to a... personality, like pathological, because like, I don't <laughs> interact. I... When you go to a psychologist, do you feel like you're being helped? No, that's they say that the trauma response, um, not trusting people. I I just think that some of them are really stupid and project their worldviews onto me, and I can see that. And I'm like, that's not me. Like <laughs> you're you're misleading. That's so interesting. <laughs> We're so similar, by the way, as like after I had a big breakup, I was just like, so, you know, my ex-girlfriend wanted me to go up, go to a psychologist, whatever, long story. I went and I'm just like, you know, I don't, 
I, I, I wasn't seeing the point. I'm like, what's going on here? This is not helping me at all. And no, <laughs> it was just like, I, I kind of got the same, I don't know, I kind of got the same feeling as you. But MDMA is incredible for addressing any kind of psychological trauma. Yep. I don't, I don't really have a strong predisposition for psychological trauma, but so, at some point I had this kind of like midlife crisis, not, not very long ago, but, and it, and it was just like really, it was, it was just really like for like six hours. Six hours? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's how long my midlife crisis lasts for. I was just like oh. thinking like, no, because I was really like trying to find a, a girlfriend, like a significant other for like six months and it just wasn't working. And I'm just like, what the, and, and I was like spending time and I was like, what the hell's going on? I, I got like, and also I was doing like experiments and I kind of got off of my mood supplements for a bit, which, which definitely stabilized my mood. And I was just feeling like down and it, it got me into this loop. And I was thinking, okay, I, I should get back on my mood supplements or I could just do MDMA and, and, you know, just completely get out of this loop. And I yeah, took so MDMA and it just, I see it as like a restart, a restart. <laughs> it just completely blew that loop away. Like I really felt like for six hours, I was just depressed. I didn't want to, you know, speak to people. I was, and I was like, okay, I, I really got to get on my mood stuff. But then I was like, you know what? I want to try this MDMA thing out, right? I mean, I've tried it a few times before, but I wanted to see like how it was if I'm in this loop, right? Because it's like yeah. you're in the loop and you keep on looping and thinking about these negative thoughts and you can't get out of it, yeah. right? It's like you don't even want to meditate because you're in such a loop, right? You're just like, no, you're oh, like, I should meditate, but you're in, the, you're in the loop. <laughs> you can't. You're just in a loop, right? And, and it, it only happened once in like, you know, it's once in a really like blue moon. And again, it's, it's when I'm not really taking, I also ran out of my resistant starch, which, which helps a lot. So it was like a combination of things that happened, but I was just like, okay, I just want this like quick reboot. And it was incredible. Just complete reboot. Bam. That's what I'm using it for. I mean, I just had a baby a year ago. And I want, like, a fresh new life. I had a midlife crisis, too, after my first divorce. I moved to Manhattan, and I partied like a rock star for a year. Yeah. Okay. Nice. <laughs> and so, the same thing. Like, I, I'm just completely on a different path now. want to reboot. Did you take You didn't take MDMA when you uh, that time, were in the... No, okay. but okay. I, I'm approaching it now. Do you want to hear about the one health hack that is sure to change your life? Okay, here it is. Subscribing to this podcast. 67% of listeners aren't following the show, so please don't forget to show your support by hitting the follow button now. You'll not only be supporting the show, but also investing in yourself and your health journey, all while helping to keep us ad-free. Click the subscribe button now and enjoy the rest of the episode. So let's see what else we got here. We went through the psych gastrointestinal infection. Interesting. Did you ever have one? Yeah, my gut health is like my barometer for most right. things. Okay. Increased need for vitamin A. Is that something? Is that? Yeah. Something so it tends to be low on my micronutrient test if I'm not supplementing. And okay, I get then. bumps on my arms 
when I'm low. And that's retinol okay. specific. Like I eat a ton of beta carotene. Okay, interesting. So for me, I don't have increased need. And I find that supplementing with vitamin A never did anything for me. Just yeah. as a yeah, data point. Yeah, it's definitely one of my magic bullet. Like, okay. So. All right, increased need for DHA. Tell me about that. Yeah, so my DHA, I supplement that. So it looks fine if you look at my lab work. But my omega-3 index is always low, even with pretty high supplement, three grams a day. Uh, right. So. Because you also yeah, have low increased need for EPA, so that makes sense. DHA and EPA. Mine. I, I, I was higher than I recommend other people because. Mm, okay. Right. Increased need. Mine. I I was dosing just one gram a day of fish oil, which is not a lot at all, and my ratio is pretty good, three to one. So. Oh wow! Yeah, that is good. Yeah. Even without eating a lot of fish or without a lot of fish oil. So, I mean, it goes to show you the difference in, you know, having one genetic predisposition versus another. Lower levels of albumin, blood calcium. Interesting. I wonder if this actually shows up in reality. Calcium. Calcium is a tricky one because that. Oh, yeah, that. There's there could be so many reasons why calcium is different. If you see here, one time you're on the lower end, one time you're on the higher end. So the lower end is probably what your genetic predisposition is. And the higher end, I don't know what you were doing here. So I about I dairy, actually. <laughs> and so I have higher calcium after cutting it out. And I'm guessing it's because I was probably drinking a lot of almond milk with fortification. I've since like moved away from that. But I had a pretty nasty, like, chino hot for a while. Okay. Now, I, VO2 max and strength are really going to depend on your physical fitness. And I, it's kind of like the blood pressure, blood sugar, fatty liver. Yeah, my VO2 so I don't, is really high for my age. Yeah. Right. Because if you're very healthy, that means you're utilizing oxygen and you're exercising. And so that's just going to you're going to have a higher VO2 max. But that means that, you know, if you were just like just living a normal life, you'd probably have a pretty shitty VO2 max. Yeah, so when Lower I was levels of it was really low. <laughs> so. Oh, there you go. That's interesting. Yeah, so I've been tracking this stuff, and I have, like, trackers, and I had, like, one of the first auras. Okay. So. And Apple Watch, I've had that for years, too. Interesting. Total protein. So it says lower levels. Yeah, it's always on the low end, even with, I eat 200 grams of protein a day, and I'm 120 pounds. So. Wow. <laughs> I eat a lot of wow. protein. Wow. Okay. Uh, and it's always. And it, I want people to understand that the reason why we have this stuff is not like, yes, the lab stuff is could be a little more complex sometimes, like albumin. But it's there so that you can actually go check it. And also there's things to do about it, right? You saw that whatever lab result, if there was nothing to do about any of these lab results, they wouldn't be here, right? If there's nothing to do about homocysteine, if there's nothing to do about blood sugar, like every lab result here, there's things to do. 
albumin, SHBG, DO2 max, all these things, there's things to do. Magnesium says you have an increased need. Yes. So I, I do need more. Like muscle tension is my barometer for that too. But I always test low on that. I take 800 milligrams a day, which I do not recommend most people, but that's how much I need. Okay, that's interesting. I recommend most people take like two to 400 milligrams when I take the whole to feel normal. Okay, right. So the thing is, to, to show you a comparison, I don't have increased need for magnesium. And I've never actually found magnesium help me. Even though, oh, yeah. yeah, I still take it like, you know, maybe 200, 300, 400 milligrams yep. just because, Perfect. you know, why not? Like it's healthy, but I actually haven't noticed a benefit from taking magnesium. So this, people that write books like the Magnesium Care and stuff, I think they just have a genetic predisposition and they see it as a panacea because it is for them, right? For sure. So that's why they get for all sure. like ramped up on these certain like diets or compounds. <laughs> for sure. 100%. Exactly. You could see everything here, how everybody could be so different, right? Because I have some, in some of these things, I have the opposite results or just typical levels. And it turns out that I don't, you know, I don't have an issue with them or I never really, you know, never needed higher levels. I never needed. I actually get side effects if I take too much vitamin A. Like I was taking too much vitamin A and in my genetics, vitamin A competes with vitamin K yeah. and I've, I, it's, and, and I have a higher need for vitamin K. And, and what happens is that if I take too much vitamin A, it competes with vitamin K and my gums start to hurt because I don't have enough vitamin K. So it's like the opposite result in, in a lot of ways, right? And you could see that, right? Like if, if Brianna was just like a lot of people and she was like, you know, vitamin, the vitamin A cure, you just need yeah. some more vitamin A. I'd be like, I'm taking more vitamin A. My gums are hurting. Well, you're not taking enough. <laughs> you, you take more. <laughs> Do it <harder>. right. <laughs> Just keep going. You need to go longer. How You've only taken it for one day. Come on. I'm like, well, my gums are already hurting. Yeah. Oh, you're just detoxing. You got a Hertz, Herxheimer reaction. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think so. That's a funny thing because I've never gotten any detox reactions. I've just gotten negative side effects, okay? Like, if you get side effects, it's not detox. It's just side effects, right? I think it. I um, think when I'm working with someone that is extremely overweight and has a lot of fat, toxins stored in their fat cells that they're releasing mm -hmm. then i recommend definitely like sauna and but normal people in the health realm do not have herps like reactions the way they think they do. for sure for sure i i guess there is you could like if you have a a very significant sensitivity or allergy to something technically it could happen I, I think that could happen. I don't think it's common at all, but I think most of these reactions are just side effects from whatever they're taking. I agree. But, yeah. Let's see what else we got here. So the gluten and dairy sensitivity, I got these as well, and I'm pretty sure that we're both gluten and dairy sensitive. <laughs> I can't touch that. 
I love dairy. That's been a huge psychological like thing for me. And I think it has to do with the way it impacts my endogenous endorphin system, right? So I'm on LDN for that too. So, I mean, the, the rest of the stuff could be interesting, but most of the stuff I like, you know, if I'm going through someone's stuff quickly, I look at just the high risks. But, you know, on your own time, you, you obviously can look at this many, many reports, right? You should, you, could, you should also fill out lifestyle questionnaires to see what your lifestyle risk is. Fill that. Did I do that? You filled out two of them. Increased risk of hives and underactive thyroid. thyroid. Interesting. But when you fill out two of them, you could see like a lot of the other ones are in progress just because we don't ask you the same question twice. So you just fill out like a, you know, set of questionnaires and it just, it also fills in the other ones. So it shouldn't take that long to do all of them. There's 68. There you go. And yeah, definitely. And, and then you'll be able to also look in the uh, genetic reports we show you like what you're, or, or if you look here, for example, you could click on it and then you could go to a report. So like it says related DNA reports, typical likelihood in terms of your genetic predisposition, right? But you have a high lifestyle risk. So you can, you can kind of see if you actually have it, it, you know, if you have a low lifestyle risk and low genetic risk, very low, you know, very you're unlikely that you're going to deal with it. Yeah. Very unlikely. I mean, anything's possible, right? But you could also add things to an action plan. And then the recommendations, this is cool. You could type in any supplement and see. So we, we could go through some of your supplements. Yeah. I'm curious about that. But you can type in like a supplement and see what it's helping you address. So you type in, let's say, curcumin. For example, it could help you address suboptimal triglycerides, high blood sugar, shoulder and neck pain, low mood, fatty liver artery hardening. Are you taking turkey? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why these things are, that's why these yeah. things aren't, and it's one of the reasons why these things are not an issue anymore, right? Yep. Okay. So let's go through just some, in general, some of the top supplements that you take. And if you had to, I'll, I'll go through the list, but you have some information here, but I want you to tell me, like, in one sentence, what do you notice most significantly about it? Like, what's your number one reason for taking it? Okay. So vitamin C, number one reason. Skin health. And immune Okay. Health. And and you notice the difference? Yes, I see it in my okay. labs, too. And so when I ask you a number one reason, tell me if that's something you notice, if that's applicable, right? Instead of like, there's research that shows, yep. but you, you might not notice, right? So vitamin K2, number one reason. Uh, my, my tea is why I personally take it when I was a vegan. That's the one supplement that I added back and all my tooth sensitivity went away. Okay, interesting. And you notice that. Okay, so my gum yep. sensitivity went away from that. That that's an interesting one. Yeah, it's one supplement I will not like go without. Okay. Let's see. That is interesting. I mean, but you were on a vegan diet though. Yeah, so I still I still have tooth sensitivity like when I go off of it though. 
Oh, so interesting. It's just not as bad. Like when I was on the vegan diet, it was horrible. Like I was horrible, horrible pain. Now it's just like slight pain if I go okay. off of it. Okay. Now, retinol, which is vitamin A. Yep. So I noticed a huge difference between retinol and beta carotene in my skin. I will get like white bumps on the back of my arm. And I think we went over this last time in my self-decode report. Mm -hmm. I have a higher need. Mm -hmm. So I, I noticed a huge difference between retinol and beta carotene because, as I said, I eat like three to four pounds of produce a day. I'm definitely getting enough beta carotene. And but I it's not converting. those white bumps if I mm -hmm. do not supplement retinol or if I run. Okay, interesting. Magnesium. That helps with my sleep mainly. That's what I use it for. Okay. And my and... tension in my neck and shoulders, like it immediately picks up. Okay. Copper? My copper's always low, and so I take that for immune function. Okay, and do you notice a and difference there? Only when I take the, like, that ionic forms. I, I oh, interesting. I, I just feel like more on edge. Like when I take Oh, but that's not a good thing. that's not a good effect though. Do you feel any no, so any positive effect from the chlorophyll? No, I don't feel anything from that one. Okay. I, I just take so, it because it's low in my labs. Got it. Okay. So you're taking that purely because of the labs. Okay. Chromium. I don't notice anything when I take that, but helps with glucose control and mine is always low on my test and I do have a higher need for the self-decode. Okay. Boron? Hormonal health and bone health. I, I do notice a difference in my mood and I think that that is like hormonal. Interesting. Okay. Choline? That's for my, my liver. I have a higher requirement because of my polymorphisms. And I haven't noticed okay. anything, but I just take it. <laughs> you don't know. Okay. But you didn't notice anything. Okay. Iodine. That's for thyroid health. I don't notice anything with that either. Okay. I just had low levels. Low levels of what? Iodine? Yeah. In my serum micronutrient. Okay. When I but you was don't notice... not supplementing. Okay. Your self-decode results also show increased need. Yeah. I, I probably... Have the ancestors That's... that ate a bunch of fish or something. Right, for sure. Okay, niacin? Yeah, so that's something that I added recently a couple months ago because I, I hated the flush, but I, I've gotten over that and I deal with it now. I, I noticed the increase in my sleep, my mood. Like, I, I really like it. I breathe deeper. I know that sounds okay. weird. <laughs> I get, like, deeper breaths. Okay. And I mainly added it because, as you saw last time when we were going over my labs, my cholesterol is still a little bit high. The ratio is fine, but still, I want to get it lower. <laughs> and how much do you take of that? 100 milligrams per meal, and I eat four meals a day, and I flush from that. So You flush from 100 milligrams. Interesting. Yep. Okay. That's why I, I Yeah. Why, you should take something called Niaxtend. It it doesn't. There's no flush there. It's nicotinic acid. Really? It's I'll, in I'll in this that. waxy matrix that basically extends for eight hours, and it's okay. 500 milligrams. So what I isn't, do is I take. Yeah. Isn't there a uh, risk of liver 
injury with the extended release? Theoretically, I guess I'm going to be doing a bunch of lab tests now, so I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> but what I do is I take trimethylglycine when I take it. So first I take 100 milligrams. With, I take 100 milligrams instant niacin plus the 500 milligrams slow release. So I take the trimethylglycine and I feel like that gives me a, you know, a methylation and glycine boost. And then for dinner, I take it again in case I'm deficient to kind of refill my stores from the niacin. I also take a slow release B vitamin supplement. So like there's methyl B vitamins that are being slow released as well over six hours or eight hours. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So uh, as I understand it, the the liver issues, first of all, only come from high dosages. So unlikely to come from 500 milligrams. But I also, also, but the trimethylglycine also counteracts that effect. Now, you know, again, so there's, you know, I take it during breakfast and then I'll also take it during dinner. Yeah. Yeah. I take, I take it at every meal because I don't want to cause a state of like indigestion. Okay. It's just more okay, I'm thinking in... about all the potential yeah. like, causes and downfalls of each supplement, right? Right. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm going to, that. this is one of the reasons why I want to do t- some testing and see is my, you know, where's my homocysteine at? Where's my liver enzymes at? How is this affecting my LDL cholesterol? Things like that. Do you test your GGT? I do, yeah. Yeah, I think so, that's better. Better one when you're yeah. on a high-protein diet. Yeah, so I'm going to test that as well. Okay, so I, I agree. Niacin, I think, is one of the least, is, is the most underrated supplement out there, right? It doesn't, I, I don't I think there's, there's not much, there's not that much talk about it, but the impact can be massive on a huge number of eras. Yeah, I, I agree. <clears throat> okay, so let's go to creatine. Yeah, so that for exercise, brain health, when I first started taking it, I used to get anxiety and that was the increase in methylation. Okay. Um, but I don't anymore. I, I dealt with that. How did you deal with that? I, I just slowly worked up. Like I took a very small amount and worked my way up over like a okay. year. <laughs> what did you get anxiety from? Like what kind of dosage? I think it was three grams, which okay. is the recommended amount for someone my size. I think I took like 30 grams of it just to, because I wasn't noticing any acute effects from like five or 10 or 15 grams or even 20. So I just said like, let me go for 30 <laughs> and see what happens. And I didn't, I didn't take it a little bit. It's, it's, it's an interesting one. It's not something that gives me a strong effect. Even though there's so much positive research on it and it's like one of those supplements that, let's put it this way, if it weren't for the amount of research on it, I don't think I would take it just based on how I feel from it. Well, same, because I don't really, I I don't see any noticeable benefit from it. Right. Which kind of gets into an interesting point. Should you take something just based on the research, like what do you want to, I mean, you know, what, what it has very low side effect potential. So I take it anyway, but I only take like 
one to two grams a day just because of all the research. Yeah, I take three grams a day just because of the research like that. I I think that we can't see everything, right? Okay. And right, so that's what sure. the data is there for. For um, sure. Some things we aren't going to feel. But I, I mean, what does it mean when you do feel something pretty strongly? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a good question because that might show a need. Right. Or a... that's that's that that's kind of where it's like, okay, should I only be taking the things that I can actually feel reasonably strongly, or just things that have the best research necessarily? But it's one of those things that I guess. I, well, I let's be clear. I did feel it at thirty grams, but that's that's a very high dosage, right? Yeah, that's not sustainable. <laughs> right. No, I mean, and I also, I I didn't take it for like a week, just to or even two weeks, just to be able to notice. Yeah, to notice a bigger effect. So that was an interesting experiment because I just felt like I'm taking creatine all these years and I tried a mega dosing experiment before, but it wasn't 100% clear. I had to do the same thing with glycine. I think I took like 25 grams of glycine. Oh, wow. <laughs> just because I was like <laughs> taking three, don't notice, taking six, don't notice, taking 10, don't notice anything. Like I at least want it one time. I need to see what, what the heck is going on, right? Is this having an effect, you know? Yes, and I could, glycine, yeah. I definitely notice an effect at a small dose. You do? Okay, what do you yeah. notice? Well, I sleep, like, really good. And my bloating is, like, completely non-existent. Those are things that I sleep, skin, and bloating is, like, what I look And so I use glycine with most of my clients, even my clients that are, like, in these supplements. I work with a broad range of people. If they have any kind of insomnia, glycine is my go-to. Glycine, you know, I think with me, it's it's interesting because every all the studies that talk about, like all the studies done on insomnia and sleep research, for the most part, there's certain things that are relevant for me, but but a lot most things are not. I feel like, you know, so anything I take before bed almost always is is a negative for me which is interesting oh, wow. for sleep yeah. yeah for some reason my sleep is very meaning if i take it like 4 hours before bed then it's fine but when i take stuff like right before bed there's it, it almost always hurts my sleep in some way not not 100% of the time but you know Even fair like bit of melatonin time. and yeah yeah Interesting. Even 5-HCP, like when I take it right before bed, if I take it a couple hours, it actually helps my sleep. But Okay. There must uh, be this, some kind of circadian yeah. thing for you. Like, I mean, we all... I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is, but taking things like right before I go to sleep, like glycine or, or even like a half hour or something, fine, is not good. But so I just take glycine in the daytime, you know? Yeah, well, maybe afternoon, <laughs> just whenever, not really specifically at night. Okay, uh, spirulina. When do you? Why do you take that? That one, I feel more energetic. That's why I stick with it. But it's it's like a general health tonic, right? And with skin quality, longevity. Okay. That's the theoretical kind of stuff. Okay. So, but you you do feel more energy with I, it. I feel that one. Yep. Okay. Taurine. That one. 
I don't really feel even at higher doses, but I take it for mitochondria. That's pretty much why I take it. And sodium okay. potassium balance. Yeah, I think I had to take six grams of this to notice something of the taurine. Yeah, I, I don't. I I take two grams a day. Oh, that's a fair bit. And you're taking it for mitochondrial function, you say? Yep, and sodium potassium balance, electrolyte balance, heart health. So, I mean, it's good for so many things. That's why I take it. That means but if I you're like playing a lot of sports, <laughs> if you're playing a lot of sports and you're you know, losing a lot of electrolytes, it might help? Yep. Okay. Or if you're dieting, that's another place where electrolytes, you need to be really mindful of those. Okay. Just what about insulin slower? Okay. What about glycine? Glycine for what? Well, I'm asking you. What do you take it for? Oh, my gut health, pretty much, and sleep. Okay. And you notice the effect on sleep and gut health. You mentioned sleep. Yep. yep. Okay. Colostrum? Immune health. And that's more from research I've read. I don't really notice the difference. Okay. I actually do notice a difference on immune health from colostrum. Yeah. It's pretty significant. How much do you Oh, have? for immunity, I'll take like 25 grams. Oh my God. <laughs> I was just, I just realized <laughs> that they sell this in like 500 milligram pills. I'm like, wait a second. Oh, she probably no, doesn't. I, yeah. I, she I probably doesn't notice it. Oh, you buy the bag. But how much do you take? That's like a tablespoon. I, I would have to look at how much that is. Oh, so I can I tell know. you. That's probably like five grams or maybe less. Yeah. yeah, you might not notice something from less than five grams or five maybe or less. It. Yeah, I mean, I when you're taking powders like this, you would want to do the grams just, to, you know, so you could see how much you're taking. Yeah, so I that's one of the ones that I look at as like a food thing. So I just throw it in a smoothie and I don't even like mm, about that one. Um, right. Capsules I treat more like supplements. Interesting. So there's in studies opinion. here. There's a meta-analysis that I yeah. see brought down here. Five randomized controlled trials in athletes found grams. that 10 to 20 grams of colostrum powder reduced the risk of contracting a respiratory infection by 38%. And experiencing symptoms by forty four percent. So this is exactly how I use it. Basically, if I overtrain, or if I'm exercising too much one day and I'm feeling a little worn down, that means that my immune system is not keeping up, right? And and I'm yep. susceptible to an infection. I take twenty grams of colostrum, let's say, and then I you know I get energy back and I feel back to myself. That's kind of how I know it's working. And and so, or if I'm feeling run down and I feel like I'm actually getting infection, I go for the colostrum. I've noticed a few times it helped. Yeah. So I was taking many grams around that when I was going through cancer treatment. I remember that. Mm, okay. Uh, but that, doesn't that also but... potentially increase, you know, could increase the spread of can cancer by increasing like growth hormones? No. So I, I have a huge piece that I need to publish on my opinions on that too. I okay. think that everyone's body cycles through that kind of stuff and that's why the first time we talked I said that I pretty much like fast during the day but not really. I eat vegetables and fat low protein okay. and then I backload my protein at night. 
And I, I think the body needs, it needs protein for immune function too, right? And so you right. can't just take it all out. Just like amino acids, you can't take it all out. But I think we can place them in smart places during the day, right? Okay. What the interesting, I would say that out of everything that was improved my immunity the most over the years, I would say niacin was number one. This is the first winter that I've gone through where I, I so far haven't gotten an infection. And I attribute that to niacin. Yeah, and well. some other things that I did, but... I think the niacin was the game changer in combination with a bunch of other things, but I think that was the biggest factor. Yeah, I, I'm early in on my experiment, but I, I am loving it. Like, I don't have as many, like, allergies. and I, I find it's helping me so far. We'll see with my next labs. Yeah. It's interesting that, like, almost all the research is just based on reducing cholesterol and stuff and you know, they're giving like massive dosages and they didn't find benefits to mortality. But, you know, when you're taking that so, much. Yeah, the stuff that interests me more is like the mental health kind of stuff with niacin. Right. Uh, like it completely puts like, schizophrenics like into remission. Not For all sure. of them. It depends on the etiology, right? But it's just crazy to me. Right. For sure. So let's move on. What do we got next here? NAC? NAC, I do that for liver health. And what do you I, notice? I do notice my labs get better. So like what would get my better? My enzymes will come come down. And Your liver and enzymes G will come down. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And GGT is always really low, which that's a good is thing. a better marker. Yep. Okay. You're saying that's because of the NAC? Yep. Got it. Okay. I believe that because even through my like wild days, like that's what I would, I would take NAC, milk thistle, and I would also get IVs like NAC. Mm. And my liver was always fine. <laughs> okay. I get some gut issues from NAC. I used to take it a lot, but it I get some gas from it pretty much. So I, I stop. And, it, and it's not the gas that smells good. <laughs> It's like sulfur. Yeah, it's like sulfur, sulfurous stuff, and I'm just like, not, not gonna do yeah, it. Yeah, I hate the not smell worth of it. NAC itself. Yeah, smells terrible. I don't know. I wonder what it is. It just, yeah. I, I mean, it got better. Like, I tried it, you know, just for my alcohol stack, and it doesn't seem very bad. But I just, I don't want to. I don't know. It just doesn't seem good. It doesn't feel good. So. What else do we have? Carnitine. That one, I I don't notice a difference with that one. I take it mainly because I have PCOS. Okay. And it's been shown to help. Okay. So more research. Go down the list. You have a, a note list. I want to start. You tell me which supplements you notice a difference from and what you notice. Yeah. So melatonin, I, I sleep better on that one. So I take okay. that. I take a higher dose because it's shown in postmenopausal women, which I'm not postmenopausal, but it's shown to help sleep quality and mood in a low estrogen state. And so I'm in a low estrogen state. So I assume that, that would help me. Okay. Garlic. I, the only time I really notice a difference when, with that one 
is when I'm sick and I mastose that. Mm. Okay. Is that raw garlic or pills or what? Pills. Oh, okay. And I, I take it for like my cholesterol too because I, I run a little higher. So I try to get okay. that down. That worsens my cognitive function. So I kind of stay away oh, from really? it unless I'm sick. Yeah. I haven't noticed that. Maybe. Have I you ever taken a very that. large dosage? Yeah. So I take handfuls of that stuff when I'm okay. sick. <laughs> okay. But yeah, but then you can't notice because you're, yeah. yeah, you're sick. That's the thing. Like, take it when you're healthy and see how your brain works. Yeah. That sure human, I definitely notice anti-inflammatory because I work out a lot. And I notice, like, that. I'm not too concerned about anti-inflammatories from the standpoint of I don't work out to get swole or big. So I'm not okay. worried about having too many, like, anti-inflammatories for muscle development i work out for mental health primarily okay so other people that are trying to like bulk and get big like they should probably avoid the anti-inflammatories around workouts okay keep um, going coq10 mitochondrial support i don't notice the difference personally but i take it qq i don't really notice the difference i haven't mass dosed like you though I i've i've mass dosed the uh, when on pqq it definitely has an effect no question about it yeah I, i've never mass dosed those and our ala i go back and forth with that one antioxidant support it's just theoretical i don't really i do notice that i get low blood sugar from it if i take it too early in the day because i'm I'm more fasted during the day and then I like backload calories. And so if I take it during the day, I do notice my blood sugar drop, but I don't notice anything else. Okay. The pine bark, it's just antioxidant. I wrote a paper on that. Mm -hmm. And so I looked into the research and that's why I take that one. No noticeable difference though. And I'll that's for my PCOS and hormonal support. Do you, do you still struggle with PCOS or you feel like you have that under control? So I, I don't have any symptoms. I didn't even know I had it until I tried to get pregnant and they did the scan and looked at my ovaries and their polycystic. Oh, Yeah. Okay. And so if you look at my self-decode report, I have the tendency to hide DHEAS and that mm -hmm. is associated in the literature with lean PCOS. So mm -hmm. people that are thin. And that's okay. more of an adrenal-driven PCOS. Yeah, anyway. Interesting. Okay, and that's caused by the higher DHEA? Yep. Okay. Pregnenolone, I take that for general, like it's the precursors to our hormones. So I take my hormone. Well, it'll increase like your that. estrogen. Yep, and so that's why I take that one. The DHEA. I How much do you take of the pregnenolone? 50 milligrams. Oh, that's no small dosage. That's going to increase your estrogen significantly. Yeah. So my estrogen's like in range. So I don't worry about like too high of estrogen. Some of my clients, I, I obviously worry about too high of estrogen. Mm -hmm. And so I do watch that with other people. Okay. The DHEA is based off of my labs. So I will not take that if my levels are high without it and i will okay. take it if i'm running low and that's usually when i deep in a diet my testosterone will drop which will obviously drop my estrogen because testosterone's aromatized into right 
Why do you think your estrogen is, is low? I'm lean. I'm mm-hmm. super lean. So we talked about my DEXA scans. When I was breastfeeding, I was at 16% body fat, and I've lost three pounds since then. I, I don't want to lose anymore. I'm always like trying to grow. <laughs> Right. And maintain a healthy weight. But I, I just, I'm lean. That's why my estrogen right. is low. So. Okay. And then CBD, that's just helps my sleep, but I take a high dose, like hundred milligrams. Most people don't take enough and it's an expensive supplement. So if you're not going to take enough, then don't even use it. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion on it. For sure. What it, I, I agree there there's and also the quality of the supplements I think differs quite a lot. Yep. Yep. I buy a good quality. I think Bluebird Botanicals is the one that I use. Okay. And maca. What about that one is for libido and hormonal support. And I just and you noticed like a smoothie. Oh yeah. Okay. Instant. Do you buy the raw maca or gelatinized? Because the Gel- raw stuff like or is, however you say that. I, I don't know how you say that. <laughs> I think it's huh. right, gelatinized or whatever. Yeah, so the other one does hurt my stomach when it's raw. And it yeah, you're not supposed starch. to take Yeah, you're not supposed to take maca raw. That's why I was just curious, but interesting, you find that it helps your libido. Okay. Yeah, that's the one that you're going to slip in your date smoothie. <laughs> right. 100%. Beta alanine? That one, I notice my lips like are way better. I'm not, I, I don't understand the connection between mood too, but it always puts me in a good mood. Same. I think it's serotonin, something to do with that. Last time I looked at it, but I don't have a full understanding of why it would impact my mood. But I take it for exercise performance mainly because I can lift okay. a lot more and my endurance is better. I like it as well. I don't. I don't know if it, I don't feel any serotonergic effect, but there might be some dopaminergic effect. That that might be Maybe what you're what noticing. Is. Yeah, I don't think there's any, I mean, there could be, but it's definitely not strong that I notice it. Yeah. Um, the fish oil, that's obviously just for good health and my omega-3 ratio is always low. I think I was just meant to eat a lot of fish and I don't, so... Okay. And uh, the ben, ben, the riboflavin? Yeah, that's for my MTHFR mutation. I don't notice a difference, but <laughs> okay, I, I take it just, just because. Perfect. Awesome. So I really appreciate all of the, you know, going through the regimen. I found it quite interesting. I hope the listeners will find it quite interesting. But yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting to see like someone who's taking quite a lot of supplements. What are you noticing from it? Why are you taking it? And uh, that's really cool. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank so thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. 67% of listeners aren't following the show. So please don't forget to show your support by hitting the follow button now. You'll not only be supporting the show, but also investing in yourself and your health journey, all while helping to keep us ad-free. 